Hello everyone, welcome to my show Career Startup Leadership Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders, entrepreneurs, innovators who provide candid insights from their personal journey to inspire you. This is your host Priyanka Kumla joining you on our 89th episode of Career Startup Leadership Podcast and I have an amazing guest who's going to help us understand how do you build your dream career while still holding to your regular job. I have some exciting insights lined up by this wonderful speaker, but before I unveil my special speaker, a quick reminder to continue following me, Priyanka Komla, and a Career Startup Leadership Podcast page on LinkedIn to receive your LinkedIn Live notifications when we go live. So give us a like and a follow. And we're also on uh, YouTube. So if you're following this on YouTube, give us a subscribe and a like to help us understand how this podcast is helping you become a better version of yourself. With that, there you go. There's Prasha Dutra, who's a women in STEM coach and amazing TEDx speaker on our show. Hey, Prasha, welcome to the show. Thanks, Priyanka. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Hey, we're super honored. To our listeners, why should you be listening to the show? Well, Prasha is an award-winning podcaster, a women in STEM coach, and a TEDx speaker. Like most of us, she moved to the U.S. less than a decade ago from India, and after completing her master's in mechanical engineering, she started a career in manufacturing. As a product development manager, she's excelling at closing the gender gap in STEM fields while thriving at her nine to five job. Well, some of the exciting news during the pandemic, in September 2020, she was invited to speak at TEDx Wilson Parker on why women lead the STEM careers. Well, in this special episode, we're gonna focus on three major aspects. One, delve into the success secrets of Prasha herself as a product manager who's closing the STEM gap but at the same time, excelling at her regular job, figuring out what the secret sauce is. And two, and most important of all, what are three important skill sets you need to balance your dream job and your career? And three, visioning. How has Vision Board helped her become successful? So let's delve deeper into all of these. And as always, we'll have a fun rapid fire round to get to know the other side of Prussia. Prussia, are you super excited to delve into your success yeah. secrets with our listeners? Yes, for sure. First, thanks for calling me successful. I think that itself is very uh, obviously honoring, but also I think traditionally we are so focused on, you know, getting that title like quote unquote successful. So I really appreciate you um, you you're introducing me like that. I appreciate it. Hey, that's well-deserved, Prasha. And Prasha is offering a free exclusive 30-minute mentoring session to one of our live lucky listeners. So as you're tuning live, feel free to drop in a quick hello and the country that you're tuning in from. And if you have questions, we're going to absolutely take them in and one free mentoring session to a lucky winner. So thank you so much, Prasha, for sharing your valuable time with our listeners as well. Of course. So Prasha, I'm going to get started with your name. Tell us the legacy behind the name Prasha and some of the memories from your childhood as you think about the name that's helped you become a resilient version of yourself. Yeah, thanks for asking. I think uh, my name is uh, unique in its own way because it's custom made. It's uh, my great grandparents, their first letters they took from Bhakar and Sharda. So I think it's a really great way to honor them. So definitely it, there's a family legacy. I've, you know, t- t- I think I was, when I moved to US, I went to a relative's house and that's where I first saw their photo. So I had actually never seen like their photo of who these people are. So I think it's great that I get to tell their story, even if it's just their name. Um, and so that's what my name stands for. But growing up, I was also growing up in different areas of India. So my last name, 
uh, from my maternal side is Sarvate, and that's also something that's not popular in Delhi. So because I grew up a lot in Delhi, um, Delhi's always like Sharma and Kumar and you know all the Nadan last names. And I'm from Maharashtra and my mom was from Punjab. So like we have a very inter, you know, cultural family. And so it was not easy because people would make fun of my name and it wasn't like, you know, it was just very different. And um, I think early on my parents set a really good example because one time a teacher said, Oh, your name is so stupid. And instead of, you know, feeling li- really sad or you know, letting her bully me, I went to, I went home and I said to my dad, I said, look, she said that I don't think that's right. And he's like, if you don't think it's right, I, and I know that it's not right, let's go do something about it. And next day, we went to school and he literally said the same thing to the teacher. And, you know, I think that was really beneficial for me. I've kept it all my life that, you know, my name is special and yours is too. Like, you know, there's so much about authenticity. Uh, you don't need a unique name for it. I think if you can just own into your uniqueness, you know, you can do you can do really great things. Well, I'm so glad you've done wonders for yourself and not just for yourself, but a community of people around you. So thanks for sharing those incredibly nostalgic memories from childhood. Thank you. So we have a live listener, which uh, whom we'll acknowledge. We have uh, Kritika Ashtekar, who's joining us from US. Hi, Kritika. All right. So Kritika, feel free to drop in a question or a comment for uh, Prasha herself. So let's talk about you, uh, Prasha. One thing that I've been really amazed by your work is your holistic approach to success. Mm-hmm. Tell us the secret sauce behind it and what are some key components of your success? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think when you when you name the episode, you know, like dream career and nine to five, I think it's it's great that you call, you would use that vocabulary. I think just everything I do um, is very dreamy. I, I just, if I had to do it myself, if I wrote it myself, it wouldn't be this, this perfect. Um, but I think it's all because uh, the way you think about success, right? I, I teach this all the time to my clients, to through my content. And, you know, it, it's not okay to be, at least this is what I believe. It's not everything to have a wonderful nine to five job and, you know, be the next CEO. Um, I think we're living in a world that's, that's demanding, you know, a more holistic approach to life. I think COVID taught us all that, that you know, all this can be taken away from us in a, in a second. Um, none of our jobs matter, actually, unless you are saving lives on the front line. We were all at home, you know. So I think it's important to build a life that is more than your nine to five. It's important to build a career that's more than your job. Um, and it's not just your job, but even more than other things that you may identify with. So whether it's your Instagram, so many people get so focused on growing their social media that that's it. And um, and all of that will always bring you, you know, some sort of resistance and negativity because it won't make you happy. <laughs> like, unfortunately, um, there is no way to be externally happy. The, the, all the ways to be happy are internal. So I think this holistic success for me is very important because my life is more than my job and my life is more than my dream career. Uh, and here to elevate my life experience. And that includes, you know, time with family, that includes health and wellness, that includes, um, you know, reading really wonderful books, that includes traveling, you know, all the things that matter to a person. And I think if you start looking at success like that, you would be able to see a more bigger picture than just the next promotion or just the next thousand followers, right? And so I think the success is the secret to that success is basically one is being very aware of that fact, right? So um, 
I do this success score sheet with most of my clients where we're really just measuring it. We're saying, okay, what the, what matters to you is different than what matters to me, right? Like if you don't have a podcast, that doesn't matter to you. Um, maybe, maybe it doesn't matter to you. Wellness doesn't matter to you at a level that it matters for me, right? So it's all very, very relative, but I think it's important for us to sit down and think about what are those three to five areas of our lives that we really want to work on that are not money, that are not job. Right, <laughs> because I think they're very surface levels. So I think one is being very aware of what does this holistic success mean to you uh, is a great, great starting point. It's definitely one of the biggest uh, secrets I can share with you. And something that a few of us know is Prasha belongs to the 4 a.m. club. So tell us a little <laughs> bit more about what that entails. Yeah. So I wake up early, early, early. So uh, I don't know how many people, and I don't want to go into spiritual side of things, but you know, I don't know how many of you know Sadhguru. I don't know how many of people have been following him. But, you know, there's a lot of science and even like yogic um, things around, you know, Brahma Mahurat is at four. So much stuff happens at four. It's 4 a.m. is this big thing. Like all Oprah wakes up at four and the whole world wakes up at four. I started doing that about three, four years ago. I started on this path of like trying to make my mornings powerful. And uh, it's only like last two years that I've actually been able to hone in on you know, really waking up at 4, 4.15 in the morning or sometimes 4.30, but it's basically between 4 and 4.30. And uh, that is my time. So that is something that, you know, sometimes I would take up a running challenge, some running in the morning. Sometimes I'm taking up, you know, 30 days of yoga. Sometimes I'm doing, you know, a beach body workout. It's uh, it's totally very customized and it's only for me. So the, you won't see a lot of this me posting online like photos of it or, you know, this is personal. Um, but that's the time where I'm trying to align myself. And, you know, one of the things you say here, like how do you build your life to be this full uh, where you can give a TEDx and you can have a podcast and you can coach people and you can do all these things. It's only if you're centered and if you're taking time for yourself because, you know, your body's like how you're going to deliver on these things. And if you can't take, off your, take care of your body and mind, chances are it's going to, weigh you down and eventually stop you. Um, for me, it has been the 4 a.m. club that has been a very big part of me centering my thoughts and finding some peace in my life and really starting that you know, joy, that starting that joy early in the morning that I can create before I let anybody else in, in, in my world. Um, and it has been really, really great. Um, I don't think I mean, except for migraines, I don't think I fall sick as much. I do get some headaches, but I think it's good for your health. And you are better at your transactions. People can see the true you, that you're authentic. You're able to be confident automatically because you know half the world doesn't wake up when you wake up. So yeah, like you're already like walking into work, like, look, I've been up since three hours. Like, like it's already, you know, very powerful energy that you bring with you. Um, so I think waking up in the morning has definitely been one of my really, really keystone habits. Um, there's this book called Power of Habit that I started reading very, you know, three, four years ago when I started my reading habit. And Charles Doug, I think his name is, I can, I can never remember his last name, but he wrote this book and it talks about keystone habits. So if these are certain habits that overflow and infect your entire life, and if you can control those keystone habits, chances are you can control a lot of aspects of your life. Um, in a more like flowing way, like in a more like, you know, instead of like robotic way, you can actually enjoy the process. So I think waking up is is my 
um, is my keystone habit. But you know, I say this with a disclaimer. You don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. You don't even have to wake up at 5 a.m. It's totally up to your life and your situation, what you need and how much time you need. You know, um, it's totally up to you. Um, science has been trying to tell us we need to sleep seven to eight hours a day, which is a bunch of crap because that's not true. Um, you know, the studies are on smaller test sets and that that is actually not true. Women have menstrual cycles. We need different sleep throughout the cycle. So we can't need eight hours. You can't tell me I'm a robot and I need to sleep seven hours, right? Everybody is different. So I think it's very important that you get on that journey for yourself find out whatever your 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. club is um, and know that if you can sort of energize yourself with you know, some personal time and growth early in the morning, you're going to be better off throughout the day. That's and, a very um, impressive insight, Prasha. <laughs> a lot of people think about materialistic success. It's, oh, you build your dream career, get your dream car, dream house, you get a stable paycheck. But a lot of us forget to understand that your well-being, your self-care plays a critical role. And I've seen this difference for myself. I don't belong to the 4 a.m. club, but maybe the 7 a.m. club. But some of the routines that you suggested as we were chatting prior to the show, spending time for meditation or a quick walk, mm. learning something new, meditation, yeah. journaling, you know, several ways in which you can take time for yourself. And I love the analogy where you shared finding joy within yourself before you let others or negativity sink into your life. You know, that's a very crucial aspect of determining the success for your day. Yeah. And I think our parents told us that. I think our grandmothers told us that. We just, we just never listened. So I guess if, if we're looking for that, I think it's time to go back to our roots, you know, in that sense. Very true. So let's talk about your career journey. You know, you're a successful product development manager. Uh, you're also focused at closing the gender gap at STEM while thriving at your job. What is one success secret? Yeah, I don't. I think you just have to go for it. I think, I think if you can, uh, if you have an idea or if you want to do something, like don't sit on it. Don't worry too much. Don't overthink it. Don't share it with thousand people before you make a choice. Just go for it. Like I'm sure you started this podcast just because, right? If you went on to ask people, like, what do you think? What do you think? Sat on it for years and never took action. You would be really upset. Uh, maybe you did sit on it for for some time, but as soon as you started taking action, you started seeing progress. I mean, it's very simple. I think we've just complicated it so much. <laughs> it's it's really very simple. It's like if you want to do something, go for it. Um, when I first started the podcast, I I didn't have work life balance like I have today, which you know again comes with maturity and comes with you know of course uh, a certain level of autonomy in your job, um, which you may not have as individual contributor, which you may not have as when you're starting out. Um, but I think even when I didn't have that, I knew that you know taking action, starting my podcast will make me happy. So I went for it, right? Like I did it without pot, without any guests. Um, I, I found out like, oh, maybe closing the gender gap is my mission, or maybe creating a more diverse community is my mission. And I've, you know, I've evolved with it and it evolves with me. But I think a lot of people get very rigid with the idea and they get stuck. Is this the right step? And it's like, just take a step. <laughs> like you're not right. popular yet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like you're not Nick Jonas, like that everybody is going to question what you're doing. I think this, we have this beautiful gift of an anonymity and I think we should use it to our benefit and just do everything we want to do. <laughs> very true. I mean, starting 
whatever is your dream side hustle you know it could start as a side hustle you know be yeah. it your podcast because i sat on the idea of the podcast for almost like 6 months because yeah. i was looking at what is an outlet uh, you know what's the medium and then one day i was like you know i had a you know a couple of people who pushed me to do what i was doing and then supported me in that process and then there's this accountability factor where they're like when is your next episode releasing and i'm like okay and in the last 15 months this is our 89th episode so we we truly uh you know building that successful tribe yeah. is part of the process and that cheers you even if you decide to take a step back is what i'm learning through this process yeah yeah for sure and that applies to your 9 to 5 too i think so many times people are so focused on i need to send this and especially women uh i need to send this email right away or i need to respond to this person like in a one second but instead of that take a step back and think about what are the ideas you want to implement how do you want to improve the company how do you want to contribute to your team in a more bigger vision a bigger bigger way than just replying to an email quickly um and then you know getting stuck in that day to day melodrama i think if you can sort of step up from it and focus on results focus on connections focus on delivering you know on your ideas even when nobody will support them sometimes um you will be able to be you know be memorable enough for people to give you those opportunities when they when they come along um i think so many people are afraid that if i ask for a promotion i'll be judged so many people are afraid that i'm like a lot of people really think like this is true i think people think that their manager will award them a promotion just because they're so amazing <laughs> it's like no they won't <laughs> like you have to toot your horn and step yeah. up and ask for what you want they have to you have to apply they have to ask you have to prepare for it you have to talk to a bunch of people you need to um sort of think two three years out you have to do a lot of homework and you have to deliver on your results therefore you can raise your hand and ask nobody is going to give you a certificate of promotion or merit just because you did your job like that's not enough and i think it's high time that you know people realize that and and started getting behind their ideas and for not because they want a promotion but because they want the best for the company and i think once you have that that intention everybody sees it and then when you ask for something they see what you bring along right instead of you are just raising your hand for a promotion um instead they see your commitment to the, to the organization i've i've worked for the same company uh since i got out of college so i've never had the intentions to move or do different things i just enjoy what i do but i have always employed you know one of these factors like okay let's get results right let's get results for things we've promised and then from that place right let's let's make sure we convey i convey what i think my performance was and then when an opportunity comes along i raise my hand will people judge me maybe but they'll judge me anyway so who cares right having that attitude is very crucial and that brings us to one of our questions from our live listeners sure we have spurti who's joining us live hey spurti welcome to the show so spurti would like to know what was the biggest hurdle you overcame as you were building your side hustle yeah that's a great question i think the first one being first it was just an idea for a long time right like so i think you have to do a lot of like creation before you can go ahead and start monetizing it i think people underestimate the that part i think there's so much attachment to getting something in return and not being patient with it that they kill creativity right so they fall into traps of quick money they fall into traps of you know where do i get my next check and 
that just kills your productivity or creativity early on. So I think my biggest hurdle was to not let the monetary stuff get in the way early on. So literally almost two years, I didn't, I hardly monetized on anything. I didn't launch anything. Um, I just enjoyed, I, I had to continuously remind myself that I really enjoy doing a podcast and that's all I want to do. And so I think for me to slow myself down like early on and pace myself, I, I had a mentor and I, you know, I'm still friends with, with them, but they early on very, I think my show hadn't even like went live and they called me and we spoke. And one of the very important lessons he gave me at the time was, you know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So if you're in this and if you want to really change, um, the world in your way, like in your own way, whatever impact you want to have. Uh, remember, you have to pace yourself. Otherwise, you're going to burn out and it's not going to work, right? So you don't want something that only is like one year long and you're done for, like, right? Like you need to pace yourself. So I think for me, the biggest hurdle was I'm very excited and enthusiastic person. So in the last five years, I think I have learned from both side hustle and nine to five, I think just to pace myself, slow down, leave expectations, do your job, you know, karam kar, falki chamat like slow down, do the task with all your heart, no expectations, you will be able to produce something wonderful and know that whatever you deserve is waiting for you on, you know, once you are truly creative. So I think, yeah, pacing yourself, very much important. Don't, don't fall for, oh Quick my wins. God, thousand dollars, right? It doesn't mean anything. Like what is that thousand dollars gonna do? Do you want to make thousand dollars? You want to make million dollars. <laughs> so it's like it's a choice every day, right? And that applies to every aspect of our life, right? Pressure. It's not just podcasts, but be it your professional life, you know, any kind of challenge you take in your for your own personal well-being. Um, and this is something that it's interesting. A lot of my guests retrade, uh, you know, especially wellness coaches, parenting coaches, where they say everything is in the long run. You just can't look for quick fixes and quick oh. wins. I mean, it's helpful, but having a foresight will always make life more pleasant and happy. Yeah. So thanks, Purti, for that interesting question. Now, something that Prasha is very good at is envisioning success. And <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your vision board and some of your latest milestone wins with that vision board. Yeah. I think even the TEDx is a big part of that manifestation. I've had that goal for over three years. I think that was the only result I sort of had in mind when I started the podcast. I remember on my seventh episode, I had a TEDx speaker. And when I first spoke to her, I was just mind blown. Like, because for the, all that time before that, I thought TEDx speakers were like gods. And now one of them had actually <laughs> come down on Landed on your show. Meet me. And, and just like, um, what you have done for my show. Oh, thanks. But I felt really like inspired. If she can do it, I can do it, right? Like that kind of like really was very empowering and from that day onwards I was very I was I wanted it like that was just one thing I was like if I can somehow get on that stage it will amplify my message it would have a greater impact and it would be a success for me in terms of being a public speaker I've always been a I was a public speaker in school I was in I was in a national debate uh, a national orator I was the best orator in my uh, school class and I was like like that would just mean that I'm I'm a really good speaker. So it was very personal to me to do that. Um, imagine like at that time didn't have a business, didn't have anything like that. So it was very much, you know, something I wanted for myself, milestone. And so I think the vision part of it comes in, whether you use a vision board or not, it's up to you. But if you can somehow spend three to five minutes a day 
just visualizing this end game, right? Like whatever this milestone is um, without logic, right? So for me, that vision was every night going to bed, imagining I'm on the red dot. And so much so that when it came true during a pandemic, this was one of the only few TEDx that were actually flying people in, recording in a studio on a red dot <laughs> and like sending you back and doing an online event. So. Um, I really believe in the power of visualization. I think manifestation has this power to really just reorganize entire universe opportunities, um, you know, give you that sense of um, that sense of clarity of what you really want. So I think if you know, everything you have in life is only there because you wanted it, right? And you were sure this is what I want. Maybe sometimes your parents were really sure that that's what they wanted for you, but somebody had some clarity when you start on a path and when you accomplish something. And I think that clarity comes from visualization. When you can really just imagine yourself in some in some place, shape or form, you can get it. But you need to invest in that vision, make clear what it looks like as much as you can. Um, and then when you're done, you leave it. Like, don't try to make it happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> if you try to make it happen, I promise you, you're gonna fail. If you visualize, know that it's coming, leave it, go do your job, do it well. As you get inspired ideas from this vision, act on them. Obviously you have to apply to TEDx. Obviously you have to maybe hire a coach. Like these ideas will start coming only when you start visualizing it more and more and more that you really believe in this, right? So I've done TEDx like that. <laughs> I have even, um, like I just bought my dream car. Dream car. Yeah, with that was a <laughs> Yeah, with my mom my, by my side. So I, I was, you know, some of them I think are good with you. If you're struggling to visualize it, it's good to create a vision board. Uh, some of them, if you don't struggle to visualize it, maybe use a notebook or a journal to just envision that perfect day. What would that day look like? Or you could even draw. Some people are blessed to draw, but they use their drawing for like really silly things. I think if you can draw, your visions to life and draw them. Um, but anything that puts you in that state that you already have it. And if it happens or doesn't, like I was so obsessed with TEDx that people thought I already had it. And I said, I don't have TEDx. <laughs> like I just speak of it like I have it, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean that I was lying, but I was always like, oh yeah, when I give my TEDx, this is what it will be. And so and that's just about your confidence, right? That you want to be on the red dot and that could be anything that yeah, people it decide to be. And I think it's easier to, I and I think that people have this resistance to easy things. I think we are taught that things that matter to you come at, come very hard. Like, and so if it's easy, like visualizing, we're like, we this, we we like, this doesn't, it's not possible. I must work hard, right? <laughs> very it reminds me of the philosophy my dad always says, uh, just like all our Indian parents, right? Don't make life complicated. You know, life is simple if you think of it in simple terms and you can achieve whatever you decide. Yeah, it's very simple. And, and I think if you can just keep it simple, it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. But do your job. I think so many people are stuck in these quick fixes and how can I get my dreams of spending all this time thinking about things or thinking about doing things instead of just doing things. I think if you just do it, <laughs> you're gonna be 100% more happy than you are today. <laughs> Very true. On that note, we have another uh, live listener of ours. We have Anishya Gopi. Hi, Anishya. Welcome to the show. And as you can see, she's so uh, fond of oh. your work, Prasha. And Anishya has a question for you. 
what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned by building a strong community? And I know you have a strong following on Instagram and LinkedIn. So tell us a little bit more about building that success along with your tribe and community. Yeah, I think the biggest lesson is obviously, I think we need community more than we need friends. And I think there's so much, there's so much of this obsession with friendships and, and so much of, uh, like we're, we have lost our way to community. I think we've just completely lost it. I don't know when it happened, but if you look at any good civilization and you know, even in India and all, you know, a lot of places that it, community was the basis of our existence, right? Like that's what makes us different. Um, and somehow we've lost it and we've become really lonely. And now we're dependent on these three to five people that we call friends, which are extremely overrated by the way. And they don't serve us in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's like a crab mentality. I'll hold you down as long as I can. I'll, I won't let you grow. Um, so I don't know. I think the biggest lesson is to switch from that. And I don't need friends. And friends are, you know, if I have childhood friends and I can trust them and they're part of my life for a long time, that's great. But what I need to build is not so much friendships, but community, because it will nurture me. And I can nurture them. And the impact of that relationship is really great to watch uh, unfold, right? Uh, whether it's watching girls um, from, like I do an on, uh, I do an, on, an annual online conference called Wonder Women in STEM. I've been doing it for three years. And every year I see like the audience members actually stepping into becoming speakers. I'm seeing these people starting their businesses, getting new jobs all these wonderful things happening for that small community, which is, you know, 100, 200 women, but they're so close-knit and doing so many wonderful things together that, you know, th that's the impact of your work. That's what you want, right? Like you want people to take action towards whatever they want. So I think community has this really selfless aspect to it. Uh, and it actually makes us, uh, you know, more more connected with who we really are, which we are very, very social. <laughs> Not social media social, but like social social. Real social. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think definitely the biggest lesson has been that friend communities are more more important than friendships. <laughs> I know. And especially during the COVID pandemic, you know, one thing I've realized is whatever you seek, you get it. If you're seeking mystery, you'll find a group of people who are going to be miserable. If you're seeking <laughs> happiness, fitness, it's all in your mind. And yeah. as I started focusing more on, you know, a, a, a troop of people who are focused on fitness and accountability, I found them. You know, when I'm yeah. looking at people like you doing TEDx talks, I find them. It's just all about yeah. the positivity that you bring into your life and to the people around you. For sure. And I think communities are phenomenal things. I mean, if you can be a part of something that's bigger than your drama, your day-to-day -day drama, because, you know, friends exaggerate it, like, because they keep asking you, like, they're like, Tell me more about the stuff that didn't work out, right? And, and uh, I think communities are opposite. I think that's where you can be yourself. Um, and you know, even though Instagram has such a bad rap reputation, Twitter has a bad reputation. I've found most of my guests and most of people who inspired me and helped me on these platforms. And you know, um, there's so much good there. So you're right. I mean, it's the algorithms are exactly like you know manifestation exactly. they're set like what you're going to consume is what they're going to give you more of so i know and i'm so glad we both met via yeah, social media so thank you so much and thank you anisha for that question as well now let's delve a little bit deeper into you as a person prasha as an asian woman as a woman of color you know you've done wonderful things being a tedx speaker a podcaster a stem career coach 
how does it feel being an Asian woman? Has that served as a blockade to some of your career aspirations? Yeah, no, I think it's the opposite. I think one, I recognize the privilege of having a wonderful stereotype that comes with being an Indian in America, which I think is you're smart or you know, you're good at math, you're a doctor, <laughs> you're an engineer. So I think it's important that we realize that our experiences as Indians with degrees, with advanced degrees, uh, in fields that are progressive anyways, you know, from a, from a, just a, from just a, a basic standpoint, like they're more progressive than many other fields. I think it's important to recognize that, you know, we being people of color, our experiences can't be equated to other people of color who, who may have bad stereotypes. You know, there's a lot of discussions I do on this topic in my podcast and through our community discussions. But I think this, this difference of stereotypes dictates your experience right so if i have a good stereotype i am bound to have better experience if a latin person latinx person or you know if a, if a black person has a different stereotype they're bound to have a different set of experiences so my experience is obviously given the privilege i have of stereotypes given the privilege i have of higher education um given the privilege i have of being um you know raised by educated people in you know in a in a household full of uh, both my parents were cops so you know I, I grew up in a different social setting than maybe a lot of Indians did right so um, from that point of view I think I've had many positive experiences and I, if I had to say I've had only positive experiences and um, you know I just gave a podcast interview or a blog interview the other week and and they were trying to like their whole thing was you know these negative experiences and how you tackle them. And I, I'm like, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I actually don't have negative experiences to recall. Um, not to say that, again, not to discount other people's negative experiences or the stuff that we have to do or work on to fix the situation. Uh, but I personally have always had great experiences. I think people have been super welcoming in this country, whether they were uh, co colleagues in small towns in Texas, small towns in Pennsylvania. I've moved a lot with my job. Uh, I moved about six times in six years. Uh, and it's only because of my job that I met my husband. I you know, found, a, found my family here and got to do a lot of things. Um, but I think I've always met really warm and wonderful people who've been very, very welcoming um, and very open to discussing and changing, you know, if they were saying something that wasn't appropriate, listening to me, changing, taking action, and then same thing with me. If I said something that, you know, was ignorant, but changing with that. But I think being Asian, I think it's a blessing. <laughs> and especially being in with a master's degree and being in this setting, I personally see, especially in today's America with Kamala Harris, I think uh, we have nothing, I have nothing to complain about. It's great that you're focusing on your positive experiences and it speaks volumes about, you know, the liberal country that, U.S. has always been. Yeah. So thank you yeah. for sharing and, those wonderful and I think moments. That, I think that's the reason why I started the podcast too, because I was really tired of, I was really tired of the negative commentary around diversity and inclusion um, in STEM or just in general. Uh, I remember reading Lean In and feeling really sad at the state of the matter. And then going to work and find like and looking around and saying, wait a minute, my entire team is women engineers. Then going to my wedding and realizing my entire wedding party is engineers. 
like women engineers like what am i missing here and none of them is complaining about being the only woman in office or you know not they are really enjoying the benefits of this profession so why are we not talking about it right so i do think that if we really want to make stem lucrative and you know exciting for girls and we want to keep younger women in stem we need to start talking about all the good stuff like we can't just go down this negative path of what's missing and we want, why we why are we this way we are a part of the ecosystem right so yes corporations have a huge role to play and long way to go but what in you what you and i are doing today in our day jobs how are we being inclusive how are we showing up that's how we set an example for others right, right? and being relatable role models i think exactly. that's very crucial in this process exactly and if we don't do that and if we just continuously think and push the negative commentary then i don't know who who's benefiting from it i just don't know and you know even from my employer's side like as i you know do more of this work i do see a lot of you know acceptance and i see a lot of what can we learn from you you know because there's not a lot of activism there's not a lot of you know negativity there's not a lot of you're right and i'm wrong it's just how can we every day show up as better people like that's pretty much what it comes down to um so yeah her stem story my podcast is is a lot of positive stories and if there's negative stuff it's always we try to bring it back to as much positive as we can yeah and to our listeners do check out her stem story it's a wonderful podcast and rasha is an amazing host and she's done almost 125 plus stem stories on her podcast so another wonderful podcast that you should go and check out so prasha we have a fun rapid fire round for you are you ready sure. yeah right. let's see so you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when i say the following who's your role model kalpana chawla oh she's amazing uh <laughs> uh a role model i should say definitely for a lot of young women space enthusiasts especially yeah. what does happiness mean to you uh nothing because happiness is uh, up and down i do seek joy how do you define success uh success is diverse success is personal and success is whatever you want it to be one advice for your younger self now when you look back at your life just have fun like you are <laughs> i had a great time when i was young <laughs> just keep keep doing what you're doing you did everything right what is one fun thing about prasha that's exclusive to our career startup leadership podcast listeners uh that that i don't share on other platforms you mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah i love i love to dance i just i do do hype dances on my instagram but yeah i love to fully dance like i'm a i'm a classical bharatanatyam dancer and oh, that's very impressive uh, uh you know those are great skill sets to have right dancing and you know having fun go hand in hand yeah <laughs> yeah i can dance all night <laughs> that's pretty cool uh what is one accomplishment that you're very proud of tedx <laughs> that red dot yes it's really really great that's awesome that brings us to the end of our episode with you prasha uh, i know you're like you want to talk all day long right <laughs> I <can> talk all day <laughs> I love this. Uh this was this was amazing. Uh what is a parting thought that you would like to leave our listeners with? I think just yeah, just keep exploring, you know, new possibilities every day and don't limit yourself uh by friends or society or anything that comes your way like, you know, take what you like even from this show, even from whatever you're you're influenced by, take what you like, leave the rest and life's too short to to be sad or stressed. you know that's wonderful advice and 
to our listeners, I want to first thank Spurti, Anisha, and Kritika for joining us. Thank you so much for rallying and uh, being there to support Prasha and the podcast as well, and for your interesting questions. Thank you for all of that. And that free mentoring session is still up for grabs. So anybody who's watching the live or replay, feel free to drop in a quick question or a comment. And we'll also make sure we'll get those answered offline at the end of the podcast as well. And we'll announce a winner in the next couple of days. For me, Prasha, the three key takeaways on this episode with you as a wonderful STEM coach who's focused on closing the gender gap as a TEDx speaker, as a podcaster. One is finding joy within yourself. And one of the ways to do it is manifesting what your life would look like. And two, do what works for you. Be the 4 a.m. club, the 5 a.m. club, whatever works for you, but take time for self-care. And three, reach out to Toot Johan. That's how people know that you deserve what you deserve. And you just can't put your heads down as part of the Asian mentality to let somebody yeah. else figure out your light. So those yeah. are my three key amazing takeaways. And I hope you listeners would feel inspired and get onto your action items by focusing on a vision board for 2021 and manifesting the success that you rightly deserve. Anything else, Prasha, that you want to share before we let go of you? Yes, for sure. I mean, just follow me on Instagram and Prasha Dutra. My website's going to be live very soon. It's going to be prashadutra.com. Um, you can watch the podcast. You can listen to the podcast on her STEM story uh, on all podcasting platforms. And then again, thank you so much, Priyanka, for having me on, you know, Career Up Startup Leadership Podcast. Uh, we are here to cheer each other on and, you know, excited to see what uh, what the future holds for 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 this partnership. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining on this amazing episode. We have another excellent guest coming up tomorrow at noon Eastern, Archana Gerlot, who is a mother of two self-learners and has insightful startup experiences, especially in the social impact space. How are you going to listen to that? Well, as you're seeing me on YouTube, subscribe, hit a like. You'll get notifications when we go live on our next episode tomorrow. If you're watching this on LinkedIn, give us a like and a a like and a follow as well by following me Priyanka Komla and our Karib Startup Leadership Podcast page as well. Until another episode happening tomorrow, this is your host Priyanka Komla signing off from Karib Startup Leadership Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders, entrepreneurs, CC executives who provide candid insights from the personal journey to inspire you. And for our listeners hearing this on a podcast platform, give us a subscribe and a like as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, have a wonderful rest of the day. Mm-hmm.